DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome in Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter and Hall of Fame voter. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Jason, good morning. Hello. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You, uh, unlike a lot of sports reporters, have actually had sports to cover over the course of the last uh, week or two. <laughs> How odd is that? Uh, we, we got a, a lot of stuff to run I'm not through. sure if you call free agency sports or if you just call it a sidelight to sports. That's what I'm always really fascinated. Like, is it a competitive thing? I mean, I guess that since there are winners and losers in the offseason, then... Then I guess then you would refer to it as sport. Normally, I would I would totally get where you're going, but these are unusual times. So right now, it's definitely sports. You know, I guess it's if there the were best, it's the yeah. best we got. Right, so exactly. That's where we're go. Yeah. So <laughs> I think everyone is curious. Do you view the Bucks now as still the pathetic Bucks, and they'll find a way to go? You know, six and ten because that's what they do, or Brady makes them a playoff team, especially now that we're going to have seven playoff teams, apparently, in the NFC. Oh, I took them seriously last year. I mean, if you just take away the turnovers. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, 30 interceptions, I think there are 12 fumbles in there. Uh, maybe there's seven, seven or eight of them lost. If you take away Jameis Winston's turnovers, that becomes a winning team. They were 7-9. and nine. I, I Easily, you go to probably ten and six with that team, maybe eleven and five. And a lot of people, you know, his turnovers. He had more touchdown passes. You know, the league in touchdown. He had five thousand yards. That's true, but oftentimes that was because he was making up for the hole that he dug himself into. And the example of that is that seven of those interceptions were returned for scores. So put it, putting it another way, Jameis Winston scored forty nine points for the other team last year. That's an average of a field goal a game, right? So when you're having to overcome your quarterback like that, if you go to a quarterback who can keep those interceptions down to, say, a dozen, which is pretty typical for, for Brady, if not, if not lower, now, then it makes him a contender. The big catch in all this is Brady's not going to be able to work with a bunch of new guys um, this entire offseason. Uh, he's not going to be able to, you know, be in a group in a classroom situation with the offensive coordinator, you know, Byron Leftwich with Brian. I'm sorry, with you know, with Bruce Arians. He's not going to be in a, in a classroom setting or a field setting with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cameron Brait and uh, O.J. Howard and all these guys that he's going to have to work with. So you wonder what is that going to matter and what is how is it going to impact the early part of next season if they don't get together until late July, August at the earliest um, at this point. I mean, and given what happened with the Olympics today, I would say that we're probably going to be asking some questions about what time are we going to be starting a training camp uh, for the NFL. That's going to be the next question. Uh, so, given all of that, you know, I don't think Brady is going to be the Brady that we've seen at the top of his game in New England. He's still going to be vastly better than um, a thirty a thirty interception quarterback who 
you know, through seven interceptions that were returned for scores last year. And that by itself turns the Buccaneers into a winning team and probably a playoff team. I got a quote from Terry Bradshaw that I want to throw at you, Jason, and get your response. He says, why in the world does Tom Brady want to keep playing at 43 other than prove to New England? He's more important than Bill Belichick. The only thing I could think of is ego gets involved. (laughs) So you dismiss that completely? Terry Bradshaw has just been making money off of hollow remarks for since 1983 when he ripped John Elway. It's it's been a great living. (laughs) But he's profiteered off of ripping other people for either wanting to take advantage of whatever leverage they had or simply wanting to play a kid's game as long as you can. I mean, you know, look, does Tom Brady want to prove that, you know, he's the reason that they won? If that's the reason, fine. Okay, that that's a good enough reason. But he wants to compete. He wants to play. He wants to prove something. He wants to do something unique and different. And that's not to be like tossed aside. And let me just say this: Terry Bradshaw will probably played until his forties um, if his elbow hadn't given way, right? So, I mean, Terry needs to just shut up. And stop it with the stupid opinions. I mean, it's really it's 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 just cheap. It's just it's just old griping man who's not appreciating the fact that somebody's trying to do something with their life and is taking advantage of every opportunity. And I just go back to what Hollywood Henderson said long ago about Terry Bradshaw. He couldn't spell cat if you spotted him the C and the A. Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter and Hall of Fame voter, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So uh, should we assume that the uh, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and Thursday night football is just going to have tons of games out of the NFC South and that certainly the Saints and the Bucks are going to be an early Sunday night game? Is this going to turn into a glamour division now based on the quarterbacks they've got there, certainly with Breeze and Brady? I think it was pretty much a glamour division beforehand. But, yeah, you get Breeze and Brady on the same field at the same time. Yeah, they're going to be selling that in prime time. No question about it. So, I mean, that becomes the next best matchup since, you know, Brady and Manning, right? So, uh, yeah, I absolutely think that's going to be a huge deal. Um, I haven't taken a look at the Buccaneers' schedule closely to know what their other games are, but I think you're going to see them a lot on prime time. You'll probably see them. I would say four to five times in either a Sunday, Monday, or Thursday night game. Uh, you know, they're going to milk that for everything that they can, and then that storyline. So, yeah, in, in my mind, no question, they're going to be there, and you can add the Saints in there. I think, you know, it's questionable about what you're going to see with the Carolina Panthers and the Falcons in that division. Those two teams seem to be falling a little bit um, more. Atlanta probably can muster it together because they've still got Ryan. But the transition that Carolina's about to go through is probably going to be pretty difficult um, in the next two to three years. So that's the one team in that division that's lost some luster um, as they see the transition away from Cam Newton um, to a new quarterback and a new leadership group. I just checked their schedule looking ahead. I hadn't done that. I can't believe people haven't written about this. They've got the Packers at home, 
They've got the Chiefs oh, yeah, at home. Put that one up right now. Yeah, they got the they got the Rams at home. Holy cow! Yep. They got the Vikings at home. Yeah, they got a schedule. So they've got the entire NFC North. So Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay. Yeah, two of those games are, are at least two of those games. If not, the Chicago game becomes you know become highlight games. So that. And if they're taking on the West, that means they have their first two teams. That's Seattle in that one as well. Or no, they would have no. They would have the Rams, and then they would have Arizona. Would probably be the other game out of that division if I'm if I'm reading it correctly. But um, I mean, look, you're you're dead on right that they're going to be on TV four to five times on primetime games this season, which is a huge step up for that Buccaneer team. So, Jason, I've read where down in Houston that O'Brien taking a ton of grief for giving away or trading away. I guess giving it depends. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and I know they got David Johnson back. What was going on there? Because it looked like Hopkins, I mean, he slipped a little bit last year, but still is only, I think, going to be 28 years old and has an opportunity to have a lot of good years left in terms of them getting rid of them. What was going on? Well, I've said this a couple times already, and, and I truly believe it, is that have you ever gone to a casino and you're playing at the blackjack table and the dude who's had about eight free drinks walks up to the table and he's just like throwing his chips down and and he, and he thinks that you know, he's just talking a lot and, and you just get that groan and you go, oh God, this is about to be terrible. <laughs> and you know that he's going to do something like split kings, right? Thinking that, yeah, I can turn this into a couple of a couple of blackjacks instead of just sitting on your twenty, right? That's Bill O'Brien. Like he just took a pair of kings and DeAndre Hopkins and said, "I'm going to split these and see what I can make happen when I take David Johnson and some picks." Uh, Sometimes it's best to just stand pat when you have great players, and sometimes you just have to pay those guys. Even And sometimes you have to get along with guys that you don't necessarily get along with and figure it out. And this is the latest. I mean, he did this with Jadavian Clowney. Now, granted, Jadavian Clowney was not nearly as accomplished a player as DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is the real deal. That's, he's a man, okay? He's a guy who changes the game. Jadavian Clowney wasn't really that guy, but I would also blame Bill O'Brien a little bit on Jadavian Clowney because he didn't get it out of Jadavian Clowney. He comes back a little bit to O'Brien on that one, okay? But he certainly got every bit of ability out of DeAndre Hopkins and decided to trade him for a running back, and while they need a running back, there's no question about that, and they need to upgrade that running game overall, you don't do it with an overpaid veteran guy. All right, you... Go draft a guy, go find some solutions, go find a James White uh, to work in concert with, um, you know, with another running back, and you piece it together some other way. You don't trade away the guy who the opposing defense looks and goes, we got to know what that dude is doing every single play. And in other words, you don't split kings. Sometimes that comes up ace ace most of the time it comes up five six 
and that's a bad play. And I think that overwhelmingly, this is going to come up 5-6, and it's going to cost Bill O'Brien his job. And I know that there probably aren't a lot of really serious gamblers in Salt Lake City, but I hope most people get that reference. I think we can do the math. You got 20, the game's 21, you're in pretty good shape. So along those lines, I don't know what the perfect analogy would be, but I think on the surface you probably don't realize how closely people follow the Chiefs here. And partly because there are a lot of Bronco fans here, the Chiefs are in the same division, but really Mm -hmm. because Andy Reid went to BYU and he knows a lot of people here and a lot of people know him. And then he ends up with Alex Smith, a quarterback, who went to the University of Utah. Now, I think Alex Smith has shown that uh, when healthy, and obviously now it's a different situation after his injury, but when healthy, he was able, as a veteran, to get teams to the playoffs. And when Mm -hmm. Andy Reid, without a thought, said, Mahomes is the guy and he moves Alex Smith, I'm like, wow, he's all in. And then you start watching, and, you know, I'm just a fan who wants to be entertained. Well, I'm all aboard. It didn't take long to figure out, man, Mahomes is like Brett Favre, to go back to your Winston thing, he's the gambler, but he doesn't throw the picks the way Favre does. But he's just as good at making the big play out of thin air. So do you think he's set up and the Chiefs could go back-to-back? Could we be talking dynasty? Or like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, like Drew Brees with the Saints. Hey, they'll always be good, but that one Super Bowl season is magical, and there's no guarantee you're getting a second one, no matter how good you are. And those guys are Hall of Famers, but they haven't been able to get the second one. Look, it took Andy Reid 21 years to win a Super Bowl, longer than anybody, any coach in the history of the game who won one, right? Like, the next closest guy, I think, was Bill Cowher at 14. And all of a sudden, now we're like pegging him. It's going to be go to go back to back, right? Like, just enjoy the one first, and then let's you know, let's get to the second. But that said, like he's as situated as anybody to to do it, right? Because he has um, he has the best quarterback in the league right now in terms of youth and athletic talent, and. Also, a really great understanding of how you're supposed to play, which is not just the game of football, but sports in general, which uh, I, I would give a lot of credit to his dad. You know, like you play the next play, you play the next pitch. You know, don't worry about what happened on the last one, move forward to the next one, you know, and, and be focused on the next play. And I think if you talk to really great uh, players, they say a, a something similar about like that all the time. I mean, I remember talking to John Elway, and he would sit there and say, "Yeah, the next play. I, I can't worry about what happened in the past, and I can't anticipate too much down the road. I got to worry about the next play." Marino would say the same kinds of things. Joe Montana, you know, you, you basically you have no memory um, of anything that bad that happened. You're moving on to what you have to focus on. So I think Mahomes has that. So if anybody's going to be able to to make that happen, he's a good candidate. But we're, we're talking about a very few number of people who are able to accomplish that. Brady being one of them, John Elway being one of them, Joe Montana being one of them, who've won back-to-back Super Bowls, even Terry Bradshaw, who I ripped earlier, um, was able to do, was able to do that twice. Um, but yeah, Mahomes, they ha- they have everything in place. I would also say that they need to take advantage of it while Kelsey and Hill are still at the top of their game, because as those guys fade, 
um, you're going to see that the Chiefs are going to have to change a lot what they do, and Mahomes is going to have to adjust as well. You mentioned Cam Newton. What do you think is going to happen there? Oh, I think that Cam's pretty close to being done. I He'll probably hang around the league for another three or four more years, depending on who he chooses to play for. Um, maybe he can resuscitate his career. My problem with Cam Newton is that at a certain point in your career, you have to learn that carrying the ball as much as you do and taking the kind of physical abuse that he did, while that is heroic and wonderful and deserving of great respect, the truth is that nobody survives that. Um, The other guys on defense are too big, too fast, too strong, and they're going to wear you out. And so while Cam Newton will forever hold the record, and and this will probably go unbroken for 40 years, um, you know, unless Lamar Jackson somehow miraculously survives, right? Um, The record for five seasons with 100 carries by a quarterback, which is, I think, Randall Cunningham had three, and nobody else has... Uh, and I think there may be one guy with two, and it might be Michael Vick. Um, I think that that record will stand for a long, long time because coaches know you just can't physically do that to a quarterback, no matter how big, no matter how strong. And I think the other problem for Cam Newton is that he never learned that sort of internal clock, which is you count to three and the ball better be out of your hand unless it's an extraordinary circumstance. You know, one, two, three, where's the ball going? Uh, because if you hold it much longer than that, um, you're about to get killed. And um, if you don't have that internal clock, if you don't have that desire to put it in other people's hands, it's hard to, it's really hard to overcome that and you're just going to continue to take punishment. And that's what's happened to him and that's what happened to his body. And it's unfortunate because he's a great player, but that's not how he chose to play. Jason, let's wrap it up by circling back to where we started. That was Tom Brady. Bill Belichick, what is the plan? Is he going to pull a rabbit out of a hat and amaze us all? Or is he going to dump games and try to get the number one pick and get Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence out of uh, Clemson? Or uh, are they just going to be... Six and ten, eight and eight, and be another team. That's a great question, and I think that they will probably go once the price comes down. I, I think people talked about this. They're going to go with a guy like Andy Dalton and see if they can make him into what he should be. Now, the question, the problem is that since I'm sitting there with Andy Dalton, thinking that they have that same piece of gold that they had when they had Carson Palmer, right? And they turned Carson Palmer into two first-round picks. I don't think the circumstances are ever going to be the same because I don't think it's going to be where Hugh Jackson is coaching the Oakland Raiders at a time when they need to get a quarterback because of injuries and that because he knows Carson Palmer is willing to give up the two first-round picks to make it happen. Like I, I, those things were special and you know pressurized and forced you know, the Raiders to make a decision that they probably all these years later um, regret. But it set, uh, it set a price tag that Cincinnati is going to want and that Belichick will never pay. Like, he's never doing that, especially not for Andy Dalton. I mean, you'd probably give up a third-round pick for Andy Dalton at this point in time. Or you just sit there and wait for him to cut him. So 
like that is the guy that I think that they're ultimately going to sign or figure out if they're going to sign. If they can't do that, then probably, and he probably signs a veteran no matter what. I mean, he brought in Hoyer already to be a backup, the guy who knows the system. So Hoyer's going to be there to teach whatever young guy that they bring in through the draft and that they'll get some kind of veteran. So I think they're going to end up with three quarterbacks, a veteran, a veteran backup in Hoyer, and a young guy to develop. And I know they've got Stidham already, but Stidham just, to me, is so physically limited in terms of his ability to throw the ball around the field that I don't think that Belichick can live with that long term. I mean, I'd be really surprised if Stidham is really an answer um, for what they're trying to do. Like they've, they've not propped him up in any way the way they propped up Garoppolo. Jason, we appreciate a few minutes and a few opinions, as always. Thanks for joining us. No problem. I've always got plenty of opinions. Talk to you later, guys. Be good. <laughs> Jason Cole, veteran NFL reporter and Hall of Fame voter. Not a very big Terry Bradshaw fan. I was able to come away. I put that together. Yeah, so tell me, what's so wrong about making a living for 30 years just popping off? That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think the bugs him is that it's not going out there and evaluating quarterbacks. It's really going after the guys who are at the top of the sport. And so it does a little bit like, hey, it's awesome you dominated the 70s, but let somebody dominate every decade after that. And no. The guys at the top, Elway won a couple Super Bowls, Brady was 1-6, taking a lot of heat. Why does Tom Brady want to play? Because it's fun, (laughs) and you're well-paid, and it's a huge challenge. It's like putting together, I guess, some massive jigsaw puzzle, the ultimate team sport. But why would you want to walk away from that? You can still do it. Uh, Yeah, I think there's a million reasons why you'd want to. But that doesn't mean that they're all appropriate and that you should do it. Uh, I, mean, I can think of many reasons why he would want to or why if I were in that situation. Uh, but it also, at the same time, if he wants to keep doing it and he's still good enough, it's like coaching. I've totally believed that age is irrelevant as long as you have your passion and your health. And what difference does it make if you're 65 or 35? If that's something you're still very good at and you have your passion and your health for it, then, yeah, you should be able to continue to do it. You see, and we've seen a lot of coaches uh, get hired uh, or continue to coach, maybe not get hired, but they already have jobs if they're older. Uh, Pete Carroll comes to mind. You know, he's I, he's got to be close to 70, right? But yet the, the Seahawks made the postseason last year, and who knows how much they would have had success if they hadn't been decimated at the running back position. But nevertheless, you know, he's an older guy. So if Brady has his health and his passion, and, and at the pro level you need your ability too. So if he has, and obviously it's a physical thing as opposed to coaching, so if he has that, fine. But does that make Terry Bradshaw wrong? And it's funny. We want people to, to have opinions. give us opinions, yep. and then they give one that's real strong. Oh, he's an old crackpot. All right, well, I mean, he, he's got his opinion on the situation, and maybe uh, at this point in time, does he really need publicity? Is he saying these things to draw attention to himself? I would think it's something that he believes in, and so he says it, whether I disagree with it or not, who cares? I just appreciate that he's willing to say something, and it does seem a little unusual at 43 years of age that you would want to go and do that type of stuff, and 
nevertheless, that's what he's done, and if that's what he wants to do and he's good enough to be able to do it, more power to him. Well, and to get back to the point that Jason just made about the turnovers, the five teams that turned the ball over the least in 2020, the Saints, the Packers, the Ravens, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. Well, there's the top three seeds in the AFC playoffs and two teams that are always in the mix in the NFC and the Packers and Saints. And they all had 15 turnovers or less. So to his point, you know, Brady cuts down on those. The teams that had the most were the Bucks. The Panthers, the Giants, the Chargers, and the Bengals, they all had 30 or more. The Bucks had 41 to lead the league. So the point he made on turnovers right out of the gate and Brady being able to make a difference, and you, just, you look at the five best okay. and the five worst. Yeah, but it's not just the fact that they, the five best were lowest in turnovers, but they were also, too, making plays. And I think Winston is taking a little bit of grief here. All right, he wasn't the, the top of the line, but he was still making plays. And so just eliminating plays, eliminating turnovers, you got the Travis Wilson thing. Don't throw interceptions. All right, he didn't throw interceptions, but they hardly moved the ball. So you got to be able to move the ball, too, without making the turnovers. It's just not don't have turnovers, because if that's your number one goal, you can do that. But you also have to make plays, too. So I think there's a little bit of grief there. We're not mentioning the number of plays that Winston made, too. And it, obviously the turnovers were fatal in that respect. I get all that. But still, it's not just exclusive. It's a two-pronged process. Don't have turnovers, but you still need to make plays. So he is uh, famously part of the 30-30 club. The 30 touchdown passes is a lot. There were uh, the the Bucks were third in the league with thirty three passing TDs. So right. I I saw a thing. Um, Tim and Matt Hasselbeck, the brothers, former NFL quarterbacks, did a thing on ESPN, and I can't remember which one of them said it, but they were saying that you know what career advice would you give Jameis Winston? And one of them said, go to Seattle as a backup for one year, learn from Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, and then go back out in the market. Next year, when teams are always looking for starting quarterbacks, and they'll probably be a spot for you. And they and they used uh, and then the other brother said, uh, if it doesn't work in Seattle, try to do the same thing in Green Bay and back up a quarterback who makes a lot of big plays and takes a lot of chances, but doesn't get burned with turnovers very often in Aaron Rodgers. And so and then they used as examples um, Bridgewater and Tannehill. You know, Bridgewater went to. Went to New Orleans, only played five games, but played well with a coach who knew what he was doing, behind a starting quarterback who knows what he's doing. He learned, and look how valuable Bridgewater made himself. And so they use Bridgewater and Tannehill as examples. So I think the Cam Newton story, because of all the injuries, is probably just about over. But the Jameis Winston story, I, I think we should follow it because there's no guarantees where that is going. You know, it's, uh, you always say we love stories. He's a story. You know, he was a star in college. He's had a mixture of failure and success in the pros. But you look what's happened with Tannehill and Bridgewater. I don't, I don't know that the Winston story, I don't think we should be writing that one off yet. That could still go any direction. I would agree with that. You know, and I appreciate you quoting either Tim or Matt Hasselback. But let's not forget Elizabeth Hasselback because she has things to say. And I think we need to listen to her sometimes, too. Which one is she married to? 
Either Tim or Matt. Okay, right. Thanks, Coach. All right, Zero Res Carpet <laughs> Cleaning, DJ PK, brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res Carpet Cleaning has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their patented technology is the best in the industry. Schedule your Zero Res Cleaning today. Just $33 per room, and the fourth room's free. Call Zero Res at 801-288-9376, or check them out online at zeroresaltlake.com. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. This eight-year-old Swedish girl in a lake in Sweden stepped on something in this lake. She pulled it up, and it was a thousand-year-old Viking sword. If you found something that was a thousand years old and priceless, like, do you call authorities or... Are you going to keep this? I mean, is this no, yours now? No, this was taken from her. The only thing she's going to get is recognition well, then, that she found it. If I ever find a dinosaur bone that's rare, I'm just going to keep it. The last thing I want is somebody marching into my front room declaring prima nocta on that thing and taking it. Prima nocta? Yeah, it's an old saying when you could come in and take anything you wanted. Oh, yeah? That's nice. Well done by you. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you by WCF Insurance reminding you to be careful out there. Ah, uh, it's time for happy birthday wishes, PK. Who's the big 4-4 four four today? Reggie Jackson. He wore number 44, but he's not uh. celebrating his 44th <laughs> birthday. I don't know how old Reggie is, but he's got to be 70. Well, then you do know how old he is if he's no, got to be don't. 70. I mean, he could be 73 or 76. <laughs> I'm establishing a minimum bar. <laughs> That's always been my philosophy in life, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's worked well. He's 73. He's going to turn 74 in a couple months. Oh, well, I would have thought in October. <laughs> nope. He's actually Mr. May, May 18th, believe it or not. I, I thought that was Dave Winfield. Well, according to George Steinbrenner, you're right. If, if Dave Winfield has an October birthday, my mind is blown. <laughs> It's all confusing. Uh, yes. Peyton Manning is 44 today. <laughs> Dave Winfield was born October 3rd. I just looked it up. That's hilarious. All right, carry on. <laughs> well, that's what you see as funny, huh? Yeah, it cracks me up. Okay, I, I noticed. <laughs> My question, Peyton Manning on his 44th birthday, why isn't he considered one of the top two or three at worst, five quarterbacks of all time. I don't think Peyton Manning gets his due. I think there's an obvious, straightforward answer to that. What? The real trick in comparing quarterbacks is comparing across the generations. And I think because in his generation he's not number one, people dismiss it because they want to compare the other guys who are dominant in a whatever decade. And so, because Brady is more accomplished than Manning with the six Super Bowls to Manning's two, plus a lot of people look at the second one as like, well, you were okay at quarterback, but that was about the Denver defense. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks could have won with that defense. So I think that he gets dismissed. I think that's why he gets dismissed. Now, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a three-time NFL MVP. And he got he has stats that blow your mind from 
touchdowns and yardage stuff to just you know the number of regular season games won, division titles, playoff appearances, all that stuff. All those numbers across his career are very impressive. But because Brady's the guy, and then you can look at you know any other decade and say, well, what about Elway or what about Montana or what about Bradshaw or what about Starr? I mean, it can go on and on forever. Uh, so he doesn't end up in the top two or three. It's interesting. Where would he end up? I think he would end up top ten. But you're right. I, I don't think most people would put him. But I don't think most people would put him top five. But I think it's because he went head to head with Brady, and and Brady's got way more. You know, three times as many Super Bowls. Oh yeah, okay. But the other guys who went, if, if he's not top five, it's because of Tom Brady. Well, the other three then they didn't stand alone, did they? Uh, you know, that gets debated because I think you're right. I think I think Brady would be number one on most people's list, but I think two, three, four, I don't think there'd be consensus. I think you'd see the same names, but they'd be rotated, you know, out of order. Okay, but right, but I don't care about the order. That, that's fine. The order is debatable. That will always be that way. I get that completely. I still believe Mate Manning belongs in the top five. I don't care what the order is. I have always said, like the Stockton Magic thing, if you're in the top five, I don't really care what the order is. It doesn't matter to me. If you're in the top five, that's plenty good enough. All-time top five? Come on. That's awesome. So what difference does it make if you're two or three? And in my mind, there's zero difference. Who cares? That's subjective. But it's not that subjective to be placed in the top five and to not have Manning in the top five. And I'm looking at his stats now. You had three-time? I've got five-time NFL most valuable player. And and so that second Super Bowl was somewhat tainted. You're right. You're right. And you're, you're telling me Tom Brady's Seattle Super Bowl wasn't tainted? That doesn't make any sense. It may not have been attained as much, but they should have lost that game. Clearly, they should have lost that game, but they didn't. They won it. And so, yeah, he wasn't, Peyton Manning wasn't a superstar in that last one. I, I understand that. But all the other stuff that he did along the way, five-time NFL MVP? Come on. How does that not put you in the top five? Who in the top five has more stats outside of Manning? I mean, Except for Brady. Yeah, see, that's the thing is that the NFL has changed the rules over time. And so the stats become an apples and oranges thing. Uh, you know, where Elway, Montana, Brad, I mean, we run down a list of other guys who've got MVPs. You know, Dan, now Dan Marino doesn't have Super Bowl titles. You know, where does he fit in? Uh, Steve Young and Kurt Warner, you know, the early portion of their careers, you know, they, they weren't they weren't playing. They weren't doing anything at the age where, you know, now now we got a Super Bowl champion, right, in Kansas City. And Mahomes, man, at that age, what were Warner and Young doing? Young was in the XFL or sitting the bench in Tampa Bay. Uh, so that's Mayton's fault? But they come on, and at their peak – they're just crushing the league. Nobody can stop sure. them. They both have multiple yeah. MVPs. They both have Super Bowl titles. Young would have more Super Bowl appearances. I mean, he had the he had the second best team in the league, but he was in the same conference, so he didn't get to the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, obviously, the Cowboys and Niners ran away from the league and hid for three or four years there. I mean, they were way better than the rest of the NFL. 
Yeah, but I, I think it's just because Peyton doesn't measure up to Tom Brady head-to-head that he ends up getting dismissed. And so it just ends up that the, the list of top three, four, five is guys from other eras. I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think Peyton Manning had really bad timing. Really bad timing. I think he had excellent timing. He was a five-time NFL MVP. What more could you accomplish than that? Well, the the I third mean, Super Bowl, like Aikman, the fourth Super Bowl, like again, Montana and Bradshaw. I think if he had nope, those things, it'd be nope, a different discussion. Nope, 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 nope. Those are team awards. Individual awards, MVP, that's an individual award. We're talking about Peyton Manning's greatness. We're not talking about the Colts' greatness. We're talking about Peyton Manning's greatness. And the league said he was the MVP five Five times. That is awesome. He belongs in the top five. I mean, I can only imagine the pain that Archie and Olivia are going through right now that their son is not considered top five. Yeah. Good one. Could you imagine, Olivia, what she must be thinking? The injustice? Yep. The guy threw for 70,000 yards. How come he's not top five? Right. That is social injustice in addition to social. Why are we social distancing Peyton Manning and not putting him in the top five. He absolutely be, belongs in the And today is his 44th birthday. And tonight, I'm going to have a bun cake to honor Peyton's 44th birthday. A bun cake? Yeah. Why a bun cake? Because they're awesome. They taste great. What do you mean, why? Well, that's the only reason. Why not a bun? <laughs> I know German birthday. chocolate. No, because you haven't had a bun cake. I thought you knew something about Peyton Manning liking bun yeah, cakes know, or some right? such. Yeah, have you had a bun cake? Let me ask you yes, that. Yes, I have had yes, we've all many had bun a bun cake. cake. It's delicious. You're right. They're, what, they're top of the line. And if I see, Dave, that's why you have a weight issue here. Because you're going to take a German <laughs> chocolate cake. You're going to get the whole cake. And so you're just going to have one slice? No. I get a bun cake, and I, it's an individual thing. When it's done, it's done. I'm not going back for more. It's over. German chocolate cake, you're going back for more. On that note, German chocolate cake for breakfast for everyone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. We had a game back in the old junior jazz days. There's .2 seconds left. We have the ball, down one, and we have to go the full length of the court. So what I did was this kid was talking trash to me all game long. I walked up to him. I was like, you know what sucks about you? You ran your mouth all game, and you're going to win. You haven't kept up with me all game. There's .2 seconds left. I bet you couldn't even keep up with me for that. Oh, yeah, you think so, huh? Starts talking, so what do I do? I reach out, and I grab his wrist, and I start running. What does he do? Pull back. What does it look like? That he yanked me. Whistle, foul, double bonus, bang, bang, we win. You cheater. There you go. You and Tom Brady and the Astros. <laughs> You sullied the good name of Junior Jazz Basketball. Um, And you feel no remorse about this. uh, No. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Big news of the morning. The Olympics are officially postponed, pushed back to 2021. You can see all the uh, you can see all the difficulties they're going to have holding the fall, final qualifying events, athletes staying in shape, and then getting ten thousand people into Olympic Village, feeding them, all the officials and judges and 
referees and whatever needed for all the sports. It wasn't going to fly. So they're going to push it back to 2021. It's official now. Uh, We threw it out there asking for your reaction. And Julie says, I love the Olympics, but I'll get over my disappointment. Uh, Yeah, to me it's an accumulative thing of the disappointment, though. It's not any one thing. It's about all the things that add up. And we're being robbed of our lives right now because of this situation. I mean, obviously, understandably. But the fact is, this is what it's come to. So there's no individual thing that I miss greatly compared to the others. You know, you can be an NBA basketball fan. I get that as opposed to the Olympics. And certainly I'm more excited about uh, our sports in our country than I am the Olympics. But when I put them all together, it all adds up to a massive disappointment. I think that's where I'm at relative to the individual Olympics. Because if you told me that, well, we're just going to have to sacrifice the NBA season, but everything else can go, i say great. Or we're going to have to sacrifice MLB, but everything else can go. Yeah, okay, fine. But that's not the way it is. It's all of this stuff, and when is it going to end? Because now, and I think maybe the Olympics are a little bit different because there's so much planning that goes into it. You know, they award these places, uh, these locations, years in advance, right? And so they have to plan for all these things, whereas, you know, really – in, in terms of our individual sports in this country, uh, I guess the Super Bowl, you know where it's going to be in the Final Four. But we don't know uh, where the NBA Finals is going to be. Literally, we don't know. I mean, we have ideas, but we don't know until a couple of weeks before. But yet we can still put it together and everything goes off fine. Well, that's not what you have with the Olympics. It must be done months and obviously even years ahead. So now we're into July. And what's next? You know, what, what are August sports that are going to be canceled? Kyle Whittingham's on a conference call yesterday. Thanks for inviting me. But nevertheless, uh, they he's talking about, well, maybe the season can be impacted. And you just spoke of Bronco Mendenhall, who gave an interview and said, well, maybe the season will be impacted. So I think the fear of what's next is what sucks, rather than the individual sport itself or in this case, the Olympics being canceled. And, and, or not canceled, but postponed a year. Yeah, it's NBA and then March Madness on top of that and Major League Baseball on top of that. And then you add in the Masters and the Kentucky Derby. And now it looks like the PGA Championship. And now you throw the Olympics out there. I guess it's the fact that the Olympics are a July event, but they're connected to everything else. So I don't know yeah, that I would exactly. give up. I don't know that I'd give up on the NBA in July or Major League Baseball in July. It may not happen. You know, in Ju- July may end up looking like, uh, you know, March and April. But I don't think anyone's Great. willing to concede that yet. You know, maybe, maybe they'll be back then. Uh, but, but the Olympics, there's so many things connected. I, I get why they're pushing it back. Um, the, the, the Olympics are right up there with soccer as far as, like, people love them or hate them. And the people who hate them love to, t- to tweak the people and take shots. We will let you know if we them. like or love this. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, there are a few people. Lance says, I feel bad for the athletes who've trained to be at peak form for this summer, but we do have to keep people safe. Uh, Love the Olympics, but they're the last thing on my mind right now is another one that's out there. Um, And and, then you get very disappointed. I was looking forward to watching the best fat, quarantined, out-of-shape athletes go at it. 
Uh, I'm only concerned about our health and the economy. I couldn't care less about the Olympics. On a scale of uh, one, to, sure. On a scale of one to one hundred, minus two, says Brandon. Well, all, all those are guys. For whatever reason, in our community, women just love the Olympics. It is such a heartwarming story because that's what they do. And the Olympics are way more than the competition. The of the all of the issues, the that we have, storylines really get played up in Olympics, whereas in our pro sports. It's did you win? You know, the storylines, did you win? That, and then if you won, then we create maybe some storylines. You know, Andy Reid, he won. So it's 21 years. He's gone the most. And he's had issues with his children and all that stuff to the point of about as nasty and as dis, uh, awful as it can be losing a child. And so that becomes a storyline. But that's a storyline because he won. Well, in the Olympics, the fact that you're there, you don't even necessarily need to win. And it becomes, well, what's the storylines behind it? And we, all get in a, and we all get involved in that. And they play that up big time, the storylines. Where LeBron James, is he going to win another title this time with the Lakers? Well, what more storylines do we have of LeBron James that we don't already know? You know what I mean? And these people, these Olympic athletes come along not exclusively to an extent, but a lot of them, they're here today, and they took a long time to get there, and then we read about them, we watch them, we see them, and then they're gone. Well, and the pros, it's just one thing. Now, now what, what storylines can we have next season about Patrick Mahomes? You know what I mean? Yep, there's a ton of them. Uh, can he go back-to-back back right there? Because that's what some of the all-time greats do, and it doesn't matter what generation you are, what decade you fell in love with the sport. You know, there, there's a guy who's got that on his uh, on his resume, right? Uh, Troy right, Aikman and a, Terry that, Bradshaw have ridden into these massive broadcasting careers. And, and that, but that is about winning games. That's yep. what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the storylines in the Olympics, they're not even necessarily about winning games. I mean, I, we don't really need to know anything more about Patrick Mahomes and his father being a big league pitcher and all that stuff. It's now, okay, can you win two? Can you win three? Can you win four? So it's it's... It's like the storylines are related to sports. With the Olympics, they're beyond sports, the storylines. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Well, because they come around every four years and they're sports that aren't followed, they have to tell the people's story as opposed to the quarterbacks we're talking about. Um, You know, Jameis Winston, well, we all watched him in college, so we've been following his story every year. But these sports go away for four years, so we don't follow them every year. And it's a whole new set of people four years later. There's a thing right now breaking uh, Adam Schefter just in the last 10 minutes is reporting the Panthers are expected to release uh, Cam Newton today. Well, depending on where you are, you were following Cam Newton as a high school recruit. Uh, you know, his story going to Florida, leaving, going to J.C., going to Auburn, the undefeated season, going to the Panthers. They've been down. He's got them to the Super Bowl. So his story every year, something's getting added to it. You know, does he have one or two big years left in his career if he can get healthy? You know, we'll, we'll all follow that. It won't be the first thing we follow, but it'll be on our radar. But the Olympic sports, they drop off our radar for four years. You know, rowing is on your TV. Well, you're just, you're not following rowing. I mean, it's great exercise, and I'm Speak sure if for you, yourself. If you row, you've probably got a pulse. You know, down. I in the watch 40s. the Olympic Channel a lot. You do not. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, 
the NFL Draft, that is one of the events that is coming up, and it's going to look different. I think it's going to happen on time. Uh, we'll see. It seems like something you could do. Now, there's going to be a massive blowout and a huge show put on in Vegas, as only Vegas can do. That's off. But as far as the draft itself, Chris Trapasso covers the draft for CBS Sports, and we'll get talk to him. He's coming up next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.